It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, we have Aaron Cheddar Talk Lottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, low energy today. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. After, after a pretty good weekend for at least the Packers, that's about it. Yeah, it was kind of a weird weekend of, of sorts here, so... But God, the Packers salvaged it with a pretty convincing right. win. Which, so. which I was at with... Uh, Let's oh, see. Yeah. So yeah, the three oldest, the three oldest ones. So yeah, it was that was Fantastic. fun. It was interesting. My and you know my dad and my two brothers and my sister in law were at the uh, the other seats just down and away from us. So, yeah, it was a good time, a lot of fun. Cool. Are those fa- are those are those shared family tickets or uh, shared family season tickets or what? Yeah, it's um gold package. My dad has four that are in a column, not in a row. Um, because Weird. you know when they redid the entrances for the players. Mm-hmm. Um, basically yeah. they added several seats. They added like five seats on one side. So everybody bought four cause you can buy four in, in your groups of season tickets. And then there was like mm-hmm. some columns <laughs> so you could buy columns mm-hmm. of single seats. Yeah. No, I, I know of, I know of, uh, families of four that buy two and two, you know, so they have two in front of the other two, but I've never heard of a, a column of four. That's very Roman of you. <laughs> They're the right on the aisle. Um, my dad's seats. So my mom and dad's seats, yeah. I should say. Uh, so that, yeah, they're right on the aisle. So you, you just get up and walk out, you know, you don't have to step over anybody, but the one mm-hmm. secret is always make sure you, you rent those, um, the stadium seat things. Cause they're bleachers at yes. Lambeau field, as you know. And, um, mm-hmm. especially when it gets in coat weather, because <laughs> the, yeah. everybody with their coat it, gets way bigger. <laughs> and, and is it true that you don't get to, you can't carry one in, you have to rent one? No, I've, I've seen people carry them in. They, oh, you can carry them in. Them. Okay. Oh, no, they wouldn't let me carry in that jug of vodka. That's what it was. Well, I'm shocked. I'm Yeah, me too. I'm shocked, shocked. shocked. Find gambling in this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, anyhow. So we, we do have things to talk about. We're going to s- split everything again here so we can have enough time to actually talk about everything that's going on in football and you know, then start talking, giving full time to the uh, the beginning of what will be the playoffs now for the Brewers, which uh, mm-hmm. you know they'll get the first skip that whole first wild card round thing. But yeah, so uh, we're gonna kick everything off here shortly. But first off, let you know that you can follow this show on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. Uh, we actually also have a Facebook page, so go ahead and like the Facebook page. Uh, usually, go and post the the episodes up there and uh, find stuff on there for us. But uh, also, you can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and Aaron is also on Twitter. He's out there in the Twitterverse doing the tweets. Where, where do they and find you, you, Aaron? You can find me at Cheddar Talk, John. And uh, speaking of the Facebook page, if it's up, because Facebook went down for a while today, that was that was good times. And uh, the the memes about uh, Facebook users trying to use Twitter that's great. And uh, I've had a spike in followers on uh, at Cheddar Talk here recently, John. I don't nice. know if it's podcast, my good looks and charm, um, me buying followers at two dollars a piece. That's but a good deal for you. Yeah, I, I know, right? It's uh, I mean, it's better than nothing. If I gave you two bucks, you'd you'd follow me, right? Yeah, I'd probably start following you then. 
right. just joking. Here's I follow two Aaron. bucks. Please, please no. follow me. I follow her. So, uh, yeah, my son so, no, follows a little bit of spike lately. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, I've been reaching out an olive branch to uh, White Sox fans recently, trying to uh, uh, cheer on a uh, uh, I ninety four series. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I which now the rest of the country would watch, but Chicago and Milwaukee would be on yeah, it. We would definitely. I I would watch. I don't care who they're playing. I'll be I'll be watching. Whoever the Brewers are playing, it'll be fun. All honestly, right. honestly, if they do make it, I know this isn't this half of the show, but if they do make it, I would love to see them play the Yankees. I'm dead serious. <laughs> that would be interesting, yeah. All right. I would love to see them play the Yankees. I think that would be – I think it would be cool. I, mm-hmm. I really do. The, you know, the, the team that has nothing versus the team that has everything. I just want to see them play an American League team. <laughs> I just want to see them play in the World Series. Yeah, I should be picky here. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. everybody. We'll get everything kicked off right away in what we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, everybody. So we're going to start off with Packers because starting off with the Packers is what we love to do on this show. Um, the, I guess the biggest things are, yeah, Packers won. And uh, this is the, uh, the other thing I've learned too. It wasn't. It wasn't actually really ever a close game, to be perfectly honest. So there, there were moments very early when it, you know, when it was seven nothing. Um, but yeah, what what I found is that um, there are a lot of Steelers fans with like four followers who are super invested in attacking anybody who disagrees <laughs> with them, <laughs> and they have been coming out in droves telling me how stupid uh, I am, and they are they are fantastic people. Uh, yeah. It is wonderful. The people who we saw at the game were actually very nice, generally speaking. One guy behind me was very angry about the offsides call to the point that in the fourth quarter he was still also still talking about it and like cursing about it to the point that my 15-year-old turned around and was like, because we have an 8-year-old there. He's like, man, he's like, there's an 8-year-old kid here. Could you just knock off the cursing? Like, I was like, oh, I'm not- good for Josh, yeah. man. This dude is like, I'm not talking to her. I was like, hey, man, she's got a ticket too. You have some respect. It was... It was a little raz- ridiculous, but good, whatever. Good on Josh, man. He was tired Give of him it. a pat on the back. That's awesome. Hey, would you mind my little sisters here? You jerk. Yeah, he was. And that guy was generally OK. He was just really upset because people on Twitter, because first off, he couldn't tell if he was on sides. We're in row 58 and we had a bad angle from it. Like it, that was the end zone we were in or we were 107. So we're off in the corner there. But he was just like people on Twitter are telling me that that was a bad bad call i was like all right man well the ref's on the field 10 yards away and and to be clear there is no video down the line there isn't or we'd have seen it by now right and let me guess it's the same guy that was trying to convince you that that wasn't tripping oh he didn't bother on that he he because that was obviously tripping in the same way that amos i mean it was more obvious than amos's trip the night the weekend before and Mm -hmm. amos's trip that was a good call against Amos the right. week before because he did trip he did trip the quarterback. Yeah. But this this was also a trip. It was it was very clearly a trip. And Aaron Rodgers has a clear path to the end zone. There's nobody between him and there. He's right. he's and, gonna and, score. And Aaron, Aaron Aaron Rodgers has a long history of falling down while running, you know? <laughs> I mean even even like Daniel Jones when he fell down on that monster run that he had. God Daniel Jones is fast. Um <laughs> tripped on like, the twenty he, yard line. He, he he tripped on the one yard line or on the ten yard line because he was out of gas. You know, Aaron Rodgers had no one around him and then magically falls down. 
They put it um, on the scoreboard too for everybody to slow it down so we'd all see it. Oh my god, you should have seen it on TV too, man. It was, it was. It was I mean, not not the play itself, but the reaction of everybody. Yeah, that was. I'm sure Chris Collinsworth would have, if it was Sunday Night Football, it would have been uh, something along the lines of, "Well, you know, you really can't see it, you know." So I, I guess we're gonna have to take the ref side on this one because Collinsworth sucks. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Sorry. Here's the big thing. They, the, they keep saying, too, like, well, that was a 10-point swing because it's a touchdown, and then you get a field goal. I was like, you know what? Watch the first touchdown they scored. Did anybody watch that as Jair is about to jump up, uh, wide receiver just reaches out and shoves him? And I mean, and in the most blatant, usually gets called sort of way, like extended his arm entirely to push him away and then caught the ball. Jair immediately turned around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty obvious, and it was – really ridiculous and that was until garbage time the only touchdown they'd scored so right. that was seven point swing right there like oh no right. seven to ten also tripping aaron forcing us to get a field goal rather than a touchdown he had there's another four there was an 11 point swing on those calls in terms yeah. of close calls packers got more against them that cost them points because the other touchdown came off of the fact that there was a fourth down defensive pass interference i think it was a good i think it was probably the right call it looked like the right call from where I was <laughs> in but, row 58 with a bad angle. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was, you know, it was down the field there too. So it's a little better I'm kidding, I'm that kidding, way, kidding. but still it's like that one seemed better. That was on Stokes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, I, I that, that one on Stokes was pretty I, on the, from the TV side of things, that one was pretty iffy. And so, oh, and full disclosure too. Yeah. So it was a drill weekend for me. So if I have a lack of knowledge on some things that happened in the first half, <laughs> it was all radio for me on the drive home. And then, uh, like, really didn't get a chance to take notes. Like, I usually write things down on a post-it note, not, like, detailed notes. I'm not Andy Herman. I don't got time for that. But uh, usually, like, if there's, like, a bad penalty or something like that, I usually write it down and what happened. But so that was kind of the first one I saw was that Stokes one. And at that point, with everything else that had happened in the game, it, it was pretty – that that one seemed pretty ticky-tacky and, yeah, not, not cool. So Yeah, no, it was – I don't know. I mean, like – of the things that I saw that was in that one, it mostly, it just seemed to me that the refs were not doing a good job. That was my final no. takeaway on the entire game, and it was definitely it was definitely a welcome to the ump show kind of feeling yesterday. And, and, and I'll and say this isn't, and you know how I hate you know, like this is the Minnesota Vikings fans jam, but you know, and we make fun of them all the time. And the, oh, the refs are always against us. It, it really I, felt. I don't a think there were times yesterday. I mean, like not not, not against us, but like there was a lot of lot of calls, and it wasn't going both ways. Like there's a lot of bad calls on the Packers. There was a few on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it yeah. seemed mostly weighed against the Packers. So. I just thought they were bad all around. I, I don't think that yeah. the end result is any different because mm-hmm. of the refs, which is the best thing you can say about it. They were at least consistently bad. They weren't. I don't think they were really picking on either team. They're just consistently bad uh, well, what score did i say last week i think i said what 38 17 oh shoot where are they? you had 38 17 yeah i had 28 17 which i would have been really close if the packers would have been able to score when they should have scored if it wasn't for the refs i picked 28 20 <laughs> yep <laughs> so that was decently close yeah um Man, that though, game should have been as close as it was as far as score goes because it really wasn't that close. I mean, it's like you said, it started off slow, but, I mean, yeah, the defense got real, real quick, and, uh, yeah, we're at well, the quarter point of the season. And I'll say this. I think that 
what we saw is the Steelers have incredible playmakers on that offense and Big Ben because he's not one of those guys. Not incredible. Um, They were just throwing short a lot and then hoping the receivers would break something. And to be fair, a lot of times the Packers are just trying to keep them in front of them. And uh, Stokes was trying to back out of there quickly because he didn't want to get burned. Uh, And then they were Mm -hmm. catching it in front of him. And then sometimes he'd kind of wait to see where they'd go and they'd go get another five yards while he's waiting to figure out how to tackle them. So people were like, Mm. what a great game for Stokes. He had eight tackles. They're like, that's not a good day for a corner. Eight tackles is not a great day for a corner. That means your guy caught the ball a lot. What made it a great day for Stokes, though, was that they were throwing at him exclusively. And the fact that he didn't get beat up as bad as he could have gotten beat up and yeah, they're definitely attacking pretty resilient him. and won at the end with an interception. That's what made it a good game for him. Having eight tackles does not make it a good game for him. No, but, that pick was nice. It was in a good time. It obviously, you know, finished off the game. Um, he was in good position that whole way. Um, safety was coming over the top as well. That ball had 0% chance of being completed, but Steelers okay. were looking for a miracle at that point. Uh, it was just strange. Mm-hmm. They, they were a little upset that they didn't go for it on – fourth and t- and nine after that uh, false start penalty. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, end and, of the day, and, the biggest and, and thing is... Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's yeah. three receivers are as good as you're going to get. They're, like, Juju's not the best receiver in the league. He's not even in the... in the uh, He's not in the same echelon with uh, uh, Devontae and Terry Kill and... Um, oh, no. What's his name from the Cardinals? Um, well, he's n- yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But, but he's also not yeah. the best receiver on his team. Deontay Johnson is. Well, Deontay Johnson is, but I mean, that's what I'm saying is those that they've got three really good B plus receivers. Like they, yeah. they're all very complimentary. Like they've got, they, they don't have really a really standout wide receiver, but they have three really good receivers. They know so, what they I want. Mean, it's, and... it's good of a good of a trio as you're going to get. It kind of reminds me of like uh, the Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, um, Donnie driver three somewhere, you know, each had their thing. You know, Greg Jennings had the back shoulder throw. Um, Jordy was fast, and Donald was just smart and open all the time. And even Randall Cobb once. Randall Cobb came and came into the fold, but like none yep. of them were the best receiver at the league at any point in their game. Maybe Greg Jennings was for a year, but yeah, that's kind of what that Pittsburgh Steelers three receivers they, are um, like. None of them are ever going to be the best wide receiver in the league, but you have to cover all three, or you're going to get burnt because one of them's you know you, they're they're all really good. And the Steelers really the, – the big thing is to remember that the Steelers really just know what they want when they're drafting receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, just look at their history of receivers over the last 15 years. I mean – That's great. And they let guys and go, and they're like, that's fine. We'll just find another, you know, Antonio I mean, Brown, Hines, Antonio Holmes. Hines, Hines, Hines was good forever. Um, Randall mm-hmm. L. was pretty good in his time there. Um, Antonio Brown was, I mean, exceptional. You forget San Antonio right. Holmes was there as well. Um, San Antonio Holmes, yeah, thank you. There were a couple other guys like that where they're like they're not that mm-hmm. big. They're just they're really good in space and they got good hands and they're route runners. And they they find these guys and they have to do. It's like the Packers drafting linemen. Like the Packers yeah. know what they're looking for in linemen, and they'll find mm-hmm. them where they're going to find them, and they're going to put you know John Runyon, Elton Jenkins, and um, even Yash Nijman looked okay out there. I mean, like for yep. what we're getting from our third left tackle on the season. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like you even said it too. It's like it's with with Yash. It's it's like well, he wasn't a he wasn't he wasn't a world burner out there. He, did was he at least consistent? And he was like, pretty consistent. Okay, okay, the whole game. That's good because that's what you get from your number three left tackle. Well, you know, it's and like he did he did great for who he is. You know, that's he should be out there. He should be out there. 
he should be out there spot playing, not starting, you know? Yeah. And, and moving on from, you know, the, the weird Steelers fans obsessing over a single play that in a game where they were never in it um, mm-hmm. compared to let's move on to the second topic, which is that offensive line has been stellar for the fact that we're starting Nijman and two rookies on that line that we have mm-hmm. last year, three guys who are either all pro or pro bowl. Um, mm-hmm. One of them's not on the team anymore and two of them are injured. And mm-hmm. like we were playing without those three guys, you know, like, um, yeah, it's been a very good job by this group. Uh, Runyon's come up big. Newman has been great. Royce Newman's been fantastic to have out there. Uh, Myers mm-hmm. has looked every bit the part. And, um, yeah, Nishman being able to step in there and do the things he needed to do and Billy Turner just being being who he is. Yeah, that, Billy, that offensive Billy, line. Billy Turner. That offensive yeah. line, there were three sacks in this game, and Aaron talked about it after the game. Aaron Rodgers and not you. You may oh, have talked yeah. about it afterwards, but nobody gave you a mic until now. But right. um, Rodgers was talking about it, and he says, like, yeah, there were three sacks. One of them I was tripped, and one of them I slid to the ground to just give myself up. And that was at the end of the game. And the other one that he got sacked, he was holding out of the ball uh, circa 2019 style. <laughs> like, he just held on to it way too long. I remember that play, too, because it was just yeah. nobody was getting open. But... uh yeah, no, they they're doing great, and like well, you said, no, no, a, that one was his other one. I think was the one where they they came up blitz and third and like seven or something like that, and they brought a linebacker and it was just like immediate, just just oh un- yeah, you're right. For. Never mind, I'm I'm getting I'm getting stuff confused from the week before. Sorry, yeah, it my was, bad, my bad. Yeah, my it bad, was a bad. very quick play, and just like yep, they they didn't account for one of the linebackers early, but yeah, I mean. Packers free looked like shot. a better team. You're right. um, it was a free shot at the quarterback. You're right. Never mind. My bad. Roethlisberger just looked bad out there. But, I mean, Rodgers looked, for the most part, pretty good. He missed on a couple throws here and there. There was some. There was one to Tunyon where he's got his guy beat, and Rodgers threw it a little short. And yeah. he had to slow up, and then the corner came and made exactly the right play. I mean, the corner made the play he had to make at that point. But, man, right. Tunyon's open. If that's a better touch ball, throw it deeper, he, he's got him. And so, yeah, puts puts put, put three more yards on that ball, and that's a touchdown because Tunyon had that dude burned. That yeah. dude did the thing that you do when you see a receiver slow up just a little bit. He put his arms straight up in the air like you're supposed to. It was a really well played ball for there being was, burnt. There was also so, a long pass at one point to uh, Mercedes Lewis down the sideline uh, where Rogers saw him very late and didn't stride into the ball and put it over his head. But I mean, there was not a when he was. When you first see that break open, I mean, there's a point there where he's open by, you know, eight, nine yards. And it's like, just put that ball there. But he didn't see it quite in time. It wasn't his first read. wasn't his second read. Like, we'll, we'll forgive everybody that Mercedes Lewis was not the initial read on that play. <laughs> you know, right. They're like, okay. Oh, wait, there he is. Just, you know, right. there were a couple of plays where he's a little late on the read and didn't see the thing opening up as it could and mm-hmm. uh, just didn't quite work out. There's one where he's rolling out. Um, I think it was Lazard came open, but mm-hmm. um, in all honesty, he's kind of behind Rodgers. He would have had to come back across his body on the rollout, and that would have been a really, mm. probably a terrible throw. But not, not a good idea to throw that ball. Yeah, especially for Brett Favre. That's a terrible throw, rolling out across body. Yeah, that's his deal, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so. the Vikings fans, the Vikings fans were surprised about it. I can't believe it. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, there was a, and then the play towards the end of the game, it didn't mean anything. It just would have sealed the, the dagger would have been dropped earlier, 
but yeah. uh, right at the end when he was trying to get Devonte Adams and um, he no. threw it when Cobb was still in the route and Cobb jumped up thinking it was for him and actually yep. ended up deflecting it. And that was a, it was a third down play. It was a third, third. down play. And, and yeah. honestly, like he was going for Devonte mm-hmm. when he should have just thrown it to Cobb who ended up trying to jump for it because Cobb was, they were both wide open. Yeah. Right in the same vicinity. And it's, you know, either, either you got to throw it higher or sooner for Devonte, or throw it to Cobb. But instead, he threw it halfway over Cobb's head, and Cobb knocked it down. You can even see it on Aaron's face after he threw it, like that weird condescending look that he has. But the one where you know it's not, <laughs> that not one. where he's mad at the re- <laughs> the one where he's not mad at the receiver as much as he's mad at the situation. You know, so okay. you know yeah. he's not. Anyways, but hey, like, speaking of Cobb, we didn't talk about him yet. Right, he led the team. He had uh, 69 yards, two touchdowns on uh, five receptions. Sat on my bench just soaking up points today and <laughs> on fantasy football and just letting Carlin run away with it. Him and McKissick, man, just rolling up points on my bench. Jeez. It was great. Uh, Drafted that guy thinking, hey, he's going to give me some points and I'll start him next week and he'll get zero. But, man, no, he, he looked like Randall Cobb three years ago. That's yeah. what Randall Cobb did. Yeah. He's he's smart. He he can do enough out there and get get to oh, where Cubs he needs to be. And he's smart. and he's quick. He's still Cubs. he's still quick. He's maybe not as fast as he used to be, but he's he's quick and right. he can get to places. So yeah, he did a very good job. One of the other key stats I think in this game beyond you know that you know being able to go down there when we don't have MVS because he went on IR right. this week. Um, mm-hmm. Having Cobb step in and he he's not obviously the deep threat on this team. We didn't really have much of that in terms of this game. Um, but having him there and having that sort of talent to be able to help out, that was definitely key in, in winning this game. Uh, would have been nice to have seen somebody like St. Brown get more involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had he had one that was kind of a diving catch he should have had. But Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why and that's why St. Brown was on the practice squad. Right. Because that's he's consistently doing that. So but my my good takeaway from Cobb is that why I like seeing that is because when Cobb left here that wasn't the offense that's being run now. He left right. in the McCarthy era. And so, you know, the first couple of weeks here, he hasn't been really involved. It's because he's learning a new offense. Like, you just think like, oh, it's Cobb. He'll just jump right in. It'll be the same. No, he's coming back to a whole bunch of different players. Well, not a whole bunch of different players. There's actually some consistency between from when he left and now. But um, uh, linemen. It's, it's uh, friendlier Mercedes to him. Lewis. It really it, is. It is friendly, but it's a different offense and what's expected of the slot receiver. You know, it's more of what they're drafted Amari, Amari Rogers for, you know. So, um, but no, that's yeah. good to see him getting these catches and getting open and being there and being open. It's like I said, even on the play when he deflected the one away from Devante, he was open too. Like, it's not like he wasn't open. Yeah. Um, and that's what he used to do. And he's sneaky and he's smart. And like you said, he's still quick enough to get, get out there in the open. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he might not burn anybody on a long play without a couple good blocks or a blown play, but uh, that's not his job. His right. job is to be the 10, the 10 yard and in guy, you know? Yeah. And he does, so, he does that very well. And you have to remember right. also, he's coming from playing in Houston where they don't actually run an offense. 
Uh, after the score against <laughs> Buffalo, they they don't run a team apparently anymore. I, I did start Buffalo's defense on fantasy this week. It was mm. in the third quarter. They no, gave I know that that was yards. your big. That was your big. That was your, no. You had both uh, Mahomes and Hill. That was your big that. scores. Did you did you go over two hundred points? Um, I don't know. If it, it's still going on right now, but I might cross two. But anyhow, I know you guys all love hearing about our fantasy teams. No, but, that was just a, that was just an offhanded. Sorry, I know. No, I'm I know. Sorry. But we are going to talk about our fantasy teams because it matters. Um, <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> that's why you're here. But anyhow, one of the other big key stats is um, third down efficiency. Steelers were four of eleven. The number of, of weird little short dump offs on like third and seven, where they're like, "Here, you caught it. Try to run for ten yards." <laughs> you know, it was like, "Wow, that game plan is just trash." But they, they just know Big Ben can't do much better at this point. Uh, Packers were 9 of 15 on third downs. So, yeah, that that's a pretty good uh, good clip to keep at. Uh, yeah, Steelers were also yeah, my favorite. Very, very, very last year. Yeah. Uh, very last year kind of stats, yeah. You go with the um, my favorite stat from Twitter for this week was um, the, the Steelers were 0 for 2 on fourth down conversions this week. Um both of them involved passes that did not even go past the first down marker. They were counting as somebody mm-hmm. saving them. Um, mm-hmm. With the first failed fourth down, which, by the way, Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball and he, the receiver was tackled for a loss. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger is now the first quarterback in recorded history to have two pa- fourth down pass plays for negative yards in the same season. <laughs> it is week four, everybody. Like, this is bad. He, it, yeah. Who's their backup quarterback? Even like at this well, point, they have like, uh, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, uh, who is not good enough to beat out uh, the XFL quarterback who is now starting for the Washington team of footballers, the WTF. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, Hinky, Heineke. Heineke. I have high, I have high hopes on Heineke. I hope he does well. Um, yeah, we'll he's a story. He, he's a good. He's a good story. Um, he's an interesting man, story. Yeah, I mean, so. you think that in the offseason they would have went and got somebody who had a little bit more upside. Like even Trubisky would have had more upside than what they currently have. Yeah. So. I, I mean, know, especially Trubisky, with the receivers that they have too. That's that's ridiculous. Like that's the hardest part is this team seems to be super talented everywhere else. Just yeah, just I mean, and, and they're holding on to Big Ben for consistency. I'll be the first one to tell you that, like in fantasy football, for how many years was it that you you drafted Ben Roethlisberger in the eighth round? Right, and he was just going to throw a beforehand. lot, and he'd go and he'd go out there and he'd still throw, he'd still go for four thousand thirty five and fifteen, you know, and score twenty five points a week, you know, and he was the model of consistency as a quarterback. Well. That guy is gone. And if Tom Brady is and TB12 food plan is the model of how you can live uh, into your 40s and still be active and fit, the uh, BR8 plan is how to fall off a quick, fall off a cliff fast and uh, just become, you know. Well, not, and part of that good. is the the amount of time I mean, he had, that, he had that elbow the, reconstructive surgery too. I mean, let's not forget that. Well, there was also the huge amount of time where it was. Uh, the, the you know the Patriots put a, a lot of time and effort and money into the line in front of Brady, and the Steelers mm-hmm. always seem to have this mindset of, well, he's super big, we can probably put our money elsewhere because <laughs> he can take it, and that's not a great. I mean, even if he is really big, 
you don't want to have right. to rely on, on on that, you know? Right. How, how many years was it uh, Big Ben standing in the pocket like King Kong on the top of the Empire State Building swatting away the airplanes, you know? That's <laughs> what it looked like. Yeah. So that game is done. The Packers move to 3-1, and one, stay on top of the NFC North. Next week, it'll be a matchup of the top North teams. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, the Bengals. I guess they're the all tied. Bengals. They're all tied at the top of the North because it's three and one Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, and one and three Pittsburgh. It is, is all these other teams. Are clear. I mean, they're they're in the they're in front of Baltimore and Cleveland. That's insane. Like it's you'd be like, oh, the AFC North well, they stink. They're, you know, they're tied the, with the Cleveland, the Steelers, and, and everybody right. else. But yeah, they're. By being ahead, that means they have one division win, which is they beat the Steelers, um, mm-hmm. and they beat the Vikings, and they beat the Jaguars, and lost to the Bears. Still, I would have given you five to one odds on the Bengals being four and zero, and I still would have put a hundred dollars on it. Like, yeah, I just I, I'm dead serious. Like, you're twenty to my hundred, you know, or vice versa. However, that works with betting. Like, honest <laughs> God, like I, the Bengals being four and zero. Are you kidding me? Well, they're three like, and one. That's, Nuts. They're three and one. Oh. Yeah. So what? everybody like everybody but the Steelers is tied at three and one. Remember, they lost to the Bears. Is the the one loss oh. they have where they they almost came all the way back. It's twenty one it's twenty to seventeen, and that's with giving up uh, I mean, uh Joe Burrow had the worst game of his probably his career. He threw three picks, one of which was a pick six, right? And they lost by three. Uh so they got some things going on. I mean, Mixon is an okay back. He's not as good as as Dylan at this point. Uh, Mixon famously had committed to Wisconsin and then changed his mind, and went to Oklahoma, uh, where he was arrested for punching a woman in a bar. Uh, so that's his Wisconsin tie, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he he's an he's an okay back. He, he's a couple years in. Two years ago, he kind of hit a spot where you're like, man, this is a, a very legitimate guy who could be. You know, very you know, fantasy wise, very valuable, and in terms of you know Pro Bowl votes, pretty valuable. Now he's top half. You know, he's a nice back. He's like David Montgomery. We're like, yeah, keep feeding the ball. He's gonna fall forward, get you some points. He's he's a valuable guy to have. He belongs starting in the NFL, but he's not that elite. Joe Burrow is very good. It'll be interesting seeing uh, what what's gonna happen here because uh, Jamar Chase has been very good. Uh, Higgin is is out it looks like at this point T Higgin um but if you know Jair is going to be out for some time at this point it looks like with the AC mm-hmm. joint sprain and um yeah we are going to see Stokes and uh, at this point what Chandon Sullivan playing the other side sure I'd take it over Kevin King by the way you can tell that's how gassed and tired I am tonight like I was I was thinking about I was I went into the standings and I'm like what the heck was I talking about there with him being four and zero. I was thinking about the Cardinals. That's I'm oh. really tired. Like the the Cardinals being four and zero in in the top of the division with the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers. Like that's the that's the one that surprised me. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm <laughs> it's okay. I'm 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 tired almost to the point of being ill. It was a long day, long weekend. So, but uh, yeah. So that's what I was talking about to explain myself. However, hmm. comma yes. Let's let's get back to Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati um, just played a home game against the Jaguars last week where they won by three on a mm. kind of rough game where they almost lost. But they started yeah. they, they 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 spotted the Jaguars 14 points and then Urban Meyer got caught on video with a young lady at a bar. Yeah, that 
That's creepy. That Jaguar seems still not good. Um, and Urban Meyer, why is it everywhere he goes? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so I, the Packers right now are showing as a three and a half point favorite. I mean, part of this is they're playing on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, but I mean, I, just talent wise, I don't know that the uh, the Bengals defense is going to be enough to really do anything to stop Rodgers at any point in this game. Um I think the offense is still going to be healthy enough to be able to do whatever they want, right? I think so, yeah. And it'll be the biggest thing we'll be seeing uh, what is happening with this defense and what can we do in terms of our pass coverage because it is going to be a little harder getting some of that going with um, without Jair. I mean, that's going to change some stuff mm-hmm. here. One thing we will say is we continue to see great play from, from Devon, uh, Devondre Campbell. Uh, playing in the middle there, he looked very, very good. Gary got a sack this last week where he tackled both the offensive tackle and the quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah that was all just is very, very good. And I'm actually looking now at the DVOA for um, Cincinnati. They're ranked fourth this year in current DVOA uh, defense, that is. And so, yeah, that mm-hmm. was like, wow, that's I would not have picked that. Packers at 26th. Um, and if you don't know what DVOA is, we, we do use that stat here um, rather frequently. Well, John does. I don't know what it is either. So Yeah, it's a um, basically it's a weighted. John, John, John's, John's really smart, and I'm not, so that's kind of the big difference. Right it's there. a weighted uh, way of looking at offenses and defenses. So this is a defense value adjusted scoring metric. So instead of just saying total yards, because the Packers, I believe at this point, are something like top 10 in total yards on defense, which is not the point because th- there's something more important to look at here. And, and it's what you actually do against teams when it matters. And let's say the one thing here is, is looking at Cincinnati, their fourth overall eighth against the pass second against the rush. So I, you know, what you're saying there is, can we attack them with the, the rush game and with the pass game on this and see kind of where that'll, where that's going to end up here. It, Again, this is one of those metrics where it didn't matter last year because the Packers' offense was number one in DVOA offense. And when we played top 10 DVOA defenses, we continue to be better than them. Um, right now, not the top, probably because that week one killed us in terms of efficiency, but we're week the 11th. One, week one is throwing off all the stats. If that was just week four of the preseason, which we all want to pretend it was, um, like... The first three, and there was a big breakdown on, uh, Zabe did it on the game out of Milwaukee, 97-3, the game out of Milwaukee. And, like, if you, if you get rid of game one, like, everything else from two through four is exactly on line with an average season. As a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers has two interceptions, and they were in the first game, you know, and that's it. Otherwise, he's uh, so, throwing a perfect game so far. So, like, if you throw out everything that that Saints game does for, like, averages – then they're fine. And it should be treated as an anomaly because at this point it is an anomaly, except it actually happened. So and you have to actually the add sample, it to the stats. Right. And the sample size is four games. So the anomaly right. still has significant statistical value at this point. Um, right. We'll say this though, on the other end, um, Packers offense, like I just said, 11 and Cincinnati's offense, 25. So essentially it's going to be uh, when the Packers are have the ball, it's going to be the unstoppable force and the immovable object. And when yep. when the, when Cincinnati has the ball, it will be the stoppable force and the movable object. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like it's it, who knows. It could be a higher scoring game in that sense. 
Cincinnati has bit, some offensive a little weapons. Bit higher, I a little bit higher hope for the Green Bay defense. That has been showing life the last couple weeks here. So a little bit, especially uh, especially with Campbell at linebacker. Man, that dude's been a uh, a revelation. He's really good. He yes, he's been way better, and he's he's been a significant upgrade in terms of what the Packers can do. Kittle didn't kill if you have team. a good presence in the middle, how much it makes everybody <sighs> else better. It really does. Uh, Kenny Clark played another great game this last week. Yeah, I did. Uh, also got a couple good plays from, um, not a ton, but several good plays from uh, Dean Lowry. He had one where he was about yep. to blow out the play in the backfield, and they just grabbed him and tackled him to the ground. Yeah. It was yeah, a pretty did. obvious hold. It was pretty terrible, but it was, you know, that's him doing his job. Make him hold you. And, yeah, it looked – it turned out pretty well out there, and they, the defense has been – getting better the offense is definitely getting better mm-hmm. um just just finding ways to to get down to score and i'm trying to see where is the over under on this game uh shoot i was just on it and i moved screens um let's see over under is 49 and a half this could be an over game um this could be like a 35 21 type game i think kind of easily but we'll i don't know we'll see it like i said if if, if their defense can stick with it and stick with the Packers and keep them to like 21 or 24, but their offense manages to get 14, 17, 21 points, you know, then yeah, I mean, that could work. But if the Packers offense moves like it normally does, even when playing good defenses, they'll probably still be fine. So yeah, this will actually be a noon kickoff on double 10 day. So, (laughs) which is my sister-in-law's birthday, but also, it's a, it's a John holiday in China. So yeah, Aaron, anything else you wanted to add in there? Then I was just going to say, uh, so what, what's your score? What's your score pick for the game going to be then? I'm going to go 27, 20. God, you unoriginal. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with another big spread and I think it's going to go the other way. I think it's going to be 42, 24 Packers. Um, what was that again? A couple of things. Uh, 42, 24. Jeez, the palindrome. So, and, uh, so the weather. I'm looking. I was what I was doing when I was being quiet. There, I was looking up the weather for Cincinnati. It's supposed to be like um, low 80s and sunny in Cincinnati on Sunday. Like they're mm-hmm. in the middle of a big high pressure front, so it's going to be optimal playing weather. So I think that's super sweet. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up. Hey, John, what is the coldest game in NFL history? I don't know. Is it still the Ice Bowl? Try to remember if there was uh, a by by air by air temperature alone. Yes, the ice bowl was 13 degrees below zero with a wind chill of 48 below. But do you know what the coldest game? If you add in when wind chill was, I don't know that. It was the AFC Championship game in 1982, Cincinnati versus San Francisco at Old Riverfront Stadium. It was only it was nine degrees below zero, so four degrees warmer. But they had a wind chill of 59 below zero. Jeez. So even by Green Bay standards, that's cold. All right. That's freaking cold. What's the third coldest game of all time, John? You kill me. I'm not going to know that. <laughs> what is it? It was the uh, wild card game where uh, um, Minnesota played Seattle, and what's his name hooked the ball to the left, oh, from, yes. uh, 26 yards out. And actually, uh, so I'm going through this list right here, and at, 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 between Old Met Stadium. Uh, up in uh, because that game was played at TCF Stadium because that's when the dome collapsed. Remember, yeah, in 2016. Uh, so between that and uh, so the top eight uh, coldest games of all time, Old Met Stadium and TCF Bank has as many cold games as Lambeau Field. I was very impressed, and well, because Minnesota's colder, anyways. And last Green thing Bay's I was going to bring up, did you hear? 
Did you hear what the the Packers trainers did for Aaron Jones so he could keep the uh, little uh, yes drink, trinket of his dad's ashes? They built a special pocket on his jersey to hold it. Yeah, how great! Yep, is that? so he can put it in. That's that's some love, man. I like that better than the um, was it the head trainer for Washington program who was arrested um, this week and oh, the uh, Washington football team's uh, facilities were raided by the FBI. Don't know why it's not related to football, though, they said. So it's mm. not related to the team. It's just something else he's doing. Aaron, I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to change my, my time. And I'm okay. I'm going to tell you why afterwards. Um, I'm going okay. to go Packers win 32-19. Oh, okay. Because I'm picking a scoregami. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds like a very Aaron Flottam kind of score. It's like getting a 19 in football is almost as hard as getting a 19 in cribbage. Like, it's... Well, it's impossible in cribbage, but it's 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 really hard in football. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, let's see. Forty-two. You got to miss two extra points to do that. Forty-two twenty-four. I'm trying to see how many times that's happened. Uh, the first time was San Francisco uh, against the Chicago Hornets in 1949. Mm-hmm. Most recent forty-two to twenty-four was Packers against Oakland Raiders in 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, those are both very gettable scores. One is six touchdowns. Chicago the other one is Hornets three, and Oakland Raiders. Three. Those aren't even teams. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's right. Oakland Raiders aren't a team anymore either. Um, but yeah, no, those are two very gettable scores. So I mean, one's, yeah, yeah. one's, one's six touchdowns. The other one's uh, three touchdowns and a field goal. So I mean, that's, that's happened 12 times hard. in NFL history. 42-24. 12 yeah. times. Well, only because 42 points is hard to score in an NFL that's game. A lot of, that's a lot of points in a game. That's, All right, Aaron. That's, let's six, six touchdowns. <laughs> should we? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna walk down down the painful path here. Uh, no, I'm is, gonna let you walk down the painful path. I never went to definitely. UW, and you know how UW some UW people say that you can't be a Badgers fan if you didn't go to UW. No, I don't know any Badgers. I'm gonna let you walk this. I'm gonna let you walk the side lo- sidewalk alone tonight, John. I don't know anyone at UW who's ever said that. Like it's. The I've, state heard that, I've heard that a couple times since I've lived down here. Like really? you can't be a Badgers fan if you didn't go to UW. No, I've never heard it's that. Like, because everyone, like, because everyone down here is a Badgers fan. Because we're close to Madison, right? And you'll hear the people from some of the UW alumni be like, "Yeah, but you can't be a Badgers fan if you're if you didn't <sighs> go to the UW." And it's like, oh, shut up. Of course you can be. Like, it's the state school. It, right. it, it is. What? It's not UW Superior. That's a right. state school. It is a state school. It is not the school <laughs> for the state. It's it's a little different. It's the University of Wisconsin. It's yeah. Well, how come I couldn't uh, get if it's a state school? How come I couldn't get into it? Well, yeah, I did uh, get into it, but anyways, that's a joke. <laughs> I chose to go to I Superior, know. and I don't know why. So you want to feel superior? All right, everybody, yes. we're, we're we're gonna do this. We're gonna talk about this Badger team. Good luck, John. My gosh, um, I, I had drill during the whole thing, so I didn't hear it or see it. So you go, you go nuts. There was a moment where this game was not significantly out of reach. Um, like Michigan scored, Wisconsin scored. There was a point it was 13, 10. And I mean, and that's halftime halftime. It was 13, 10. And right before half Mertz had completed eight of his last 10 passes for 115 yards and a touchdown. All right. And it was starting to look clicking. Like he was clicking. They started with some underneath stuff. He missed his first four passes, but then got into a rhythm. They did a better job of coaching him this week getting the stuff, getting rhythm. And then right before half, he hit a couple deep balls and they were, the placement was very good. Um, I mean, 
he started looking like he, he, I mean, not like a world beater, but he started looking like he belonged playing Big Ten football. And then early in the second half, I mean, first off, Badgers let Michigan walk straight down the field and score. I mean, that's the only score they gave up in the third quarter. But then Graham Mertz gets hit in the chest. Graham Hurts gets hit in the chest. Um, Chase Wolf finishes the game. Mertz is listed as questionable for playing against Illinois this next week. The ILL, INI. But, um, yeah, the biggest problem is is still that this offensive line is not who they should be. This team. How uh, how does this happen, man? It's Wisconsin. They move things around. They're putting them in different positions. They're they're trying new stuff every now and then. But it's like this team is less than the sum of its parts. And then they keep putting the defense out there to, to just really have to struggle down the stretch. Wolf is not as arm talented as, as Mertz is. And, and Mertz has been right. able to showcase it because Mertz is getting hit all the time. Uh, Hutchinson mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for Michigan was amazing. That guy is incredible. And he was just, he, he when he wasn't making the play, he was setting up the play. Um, yeah, he, he looked great. And, uh, Michigan's defense played pretty well in this game. And yeah, once once Mertz is down, getting Chase Wolf up to speed quickly just took too long. This team didn't quit, though. They got a late touchdown there uh, to add on, on to the end there to make it look a little closer. But 38-17, just the fourth quarter is, is, is them walking away from us. You know, when the game is over, Michigan puts in, just like, just like Notre Dame did, all the garbage time points at the end when the game was basically decided, Wisconsin tries to get closer but ends up making just enough mistakes that they end up just making it look like a blowout it it's it's a frustrating game but i guess the one thing i say is like this team is not going to be ranked again this year um and they shouldn't yeah. be this defense is incredible though i mean like uh sanborn and chanel playing fantastically uh 13 tackles for sanborn 12 for chanel i mean each of them had six solo but they're everywhere on this field mm-hmm. uh wilder played well uh, Henningsen looks like a fantastic defensive lineman. He's been playing great. And Nick Herbig, my goodness, for a sophomore, I believe he's a true sophomore too, just mm-hmm. keeps finding ways to make plays. We could get more out of Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks because Michigan's wide receivers, I mean, that was the other part of the first half. Otherwise, the Badgers could have been leading except for like on the 40, you know, the Badgers 48-yard line, third and 10. And they gave up a 38-yard pass. And it's like, come on. In man, they're getting beat. Uh, the The Wolverines receivers are just faster than the corners than the Badgers, and that's yeah, that, that was that was enough to make sure that this game, you know, was Michigan leading at halftime. They weren't blowing them out, but I'll say this because I say it the other direction: you can stay with a team at home that you don't belong with, you know, for a half, for a half of football, you can do that. The Badgers stayed with Michigan for a half, and that was kind of who they are. They were not going to beat Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. It got worse when they lost the starting quarterback, and they also. Mm-hmm. Uh, injury to Ferguson, uh, so I mean, just the it, it it got especially bad after that. But that's not necessarily reflective of how this team is. I mean, they still aren't Michigan, they aren't Penn State, they they aren't any of those teams this year. But yeah, they just had um, several just plays where they, they they couldn't get enough done. This offensive line does not have enough cohesion at this point to get things done, and you can't keep putting the defense into positions like this. Um, <laughs> I continue watching Chesma Lucy being essentially a nice running back, but right. I mean, not great. And Braylon Allen, Jalen Berger should be getting all the snaps. Those two guys look like real running backs out there. They look 
they're willing to put their shoulder down. They look more athletic. They look stronger. I don't know why Jalen Berger doesn't get the majority of these carries. They, I mean, six carries for Malusi, eight for Berger, five for Braylon Allen, and then two more out there for um, Garendo. So like, the, they don't those, know who those, they are. Those 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 carries don't add up to what uh, our boys used to get back in the day. The money balls of the world, like yeah, they they used to get that doesn't add up to thirty. Like I'm not that good at math, but in my head I know that those four numbers do not add up to thirty. Thirty-two total carries if you count the seven the seven rushes by the quarterbacks, which are so there. Sacks. I was right. I was right by seven. How yeah, about no, that? you're exactly by right. five yeah. by five. Yeah, yeah. hey, math. No, yeah, cool. you're right. But I mean, like so, those rushes by the quarterbacks are, you know. Those are sacks for the most part. Like, that's generally what I, Chase had two actual rushes. Actually, the sack, a, sack, a sack does count as a rush, doesn't it's it? It's a rush in, high, in college football. So, yeah, three sacks in college, for Mertz. In college football, it's rushing yards. In the NFL, it counts against passing yards, right? Is that how that works? Correct. Uh, but they okay. don't go, you know, this go against team passing yards. But here, they actually go against your own rushing yards. So, Graham Mertz, three rushes, quote unquote rushes, for negative 21 yards. Yeah. So, so my, so Long my thoughts zero. about actually, yeah, my, my, my thoughts without actually having seen the game. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Were you going to do some stats stuff quick? No, that was kind of like he hit a, Graham Mertz hit a long of zero. Chase Wolf had a long of five, but two of his, I think he had four rushes. Three of them were actually rushes, but one was a sack, I believe. So there were seven rushes by quarterbacks, three of which got past the line of scrimmage. Right on. The the only two thoughts I had as 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 mentioned, I didn't watch game, didn't hear the game. I was at drill this weekend, um, and then once I saw the score and kind of saw the scuttlebutt on uh, Twitter, I was like, I'm uh, not even gonna bother. Like I just kind of <laughs> did some light reading, but uh, like I, what's what's the point at that? I mean, really, except for the you know, except for our little if you know if if we were a big time podcast and like getting paid and had like hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yeah, I dig more into it to like get to the bottom of it, but you know, plus I'm not a UW grad, so what does it matter? I'm not a real fan. Um so I was gonna say though that I guess like with everybody calling for the head of uh Chris at this point, um who who would win in a cage match between Chris and Urban Meyer? That was a something else I saw on Twitter too. <laughs> and I, I think I think Chris would. He just would uh, he's he's kinda got the he's kinda got that grizzly bear thing going. And plus Urban Meyer, you know, Always has he's, a got heart that, he's, he's got he's got he's got that heart problem, John. You know, that heart problem this. that made him stop being coach at Ohio, you know? And Ohio Ohio State. and Florida. Yeah. And Florida. He's got that heart problem, John. Yeah. He's fragile. Anyways, um, so, but no, the most fireable offense I would have to say for him is, um, and you've alluded to it many times in what you just said there, is that, you know, Wisconsin, through all of its faults and all of its not making championship games, not making the playoffs, losing 59 donut, you know, all those other things. The one thing that's always been a Wisconsin signature is a very strong offensive line and a good running game. And they got the horses and, on the line. They're just and, not making them do it. They just can't right. get them going. But, and the reason why you would lose as the Badgers, you know, was because you'd fall behind and then you didn't have a passing game to keep up and you can't, you know, and so that's what it is. And so, like mm-hmm. I said, fireball fence would be the, the mystique of the Badger line. But in, like you said, there's holes there, but where's the running backs? And then why is Mertz getting smashed? Yeah, he's getting hit All way the, too much. I mean, I understand there's a difference between run blocking and pass blocking, but those those Wisconsin those Wisconsin linemen go on to the NFL to have prestigious careers as blocking linemen. Yeah, you know, 
some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL over the last two decades came from Wisconsin. Yeah. They are to offensive linemen what Iowa is to tight ends. You know, yeah. that's, you know, that's where they come from. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what the Badgers do. They have big offensive lines and they can run. And that's it. <laughs> and then and so that leads into the next thing too is that so you think things are getting bad. So this this Leonard defense is really good. And they yes. wouldn't have given up yes. They gave up 38 points because they got exposed yet again because they're on the field all day long and, and they don't get yeah. any help from the offense. And this is compounding interest, John. It's going to get worse. And I know from wow. you know being around college players that played defense, like if if you're not if if, if the defense is keeping the 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 team in games, but the offense isn't doing anything, it gets worse. And sooner or later, they'll stop playing defense and they'll stop caring because what's the point of them killing themselves if the other says, and it's, and it only works one way. It only works one way in football because the, you can have a really good offense and a poor defense and the offense will still keep pouring it on and pouring it on, pouring it on and pouring it on because offense has all the advantages. If defense is like pitching a shutout or a 10 point game or like against Penn state, 16 points against Penn state. Wow, you should yeah. win that game. But they sure. couldn't even muster up 17 points to beat them. Yep. It's yeah. It's it's, the, it's very defeating for the defense. Here's and the thing is it's it's gonna get worse because there's one team there's half of the team that's super good, and the other the other half is super not good. And it's making them look bad because you know they can't they're giving up 38 points to Michigan when they should have probably only given up maybe 17, but they were they were out there just getting beat all day long. All right. Well, and that's why it was close at halftime, and then eventually catches up when they well, don't yeah. get any. I mean, they lost any relief. Lost an All-American tight end and their starting quarterback too. That didn't help either. Which There's, tight end? Well, yeah, um, Barry's grandson. No, you're supposed to say Jake Ferguson. Yeah, and then you were going to say that. I know. And then I was you didn't even <laughs> come on. I set I you up. your joke, man. I, I set it. you up. Got you. And there was also another Got joke you. there about like at this point, the Badgers are so bad that I'm not even sure that they'd beat Marquette's bat or Marquette's football team. Sorry. That's not sure. Because they're good enough that next week they're going to beat Illinois' football team. Because <laughs> they are. We're um, Yeah, is that team's not good. Badgers are favored, even after watching all of this in a one in three Wisconsin team. <coughs> Badgers are favored by ten against Illinois, I believe in Illinois. They are going to be playing on Big Ten Network because this is not a high profile game. But yeah, um Illinois just yeah, they have not looked good. I'm trying to remember. They lost to uh shoot. They lost to uh UTSA, the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio, <laughs> which is a Sunbelt team. They lost 37 to 30, and that's because they had a big comeback because they were down by like three scores. Uh, they mm. lost to Virginia 42 14. They lost to Maryland, who I think Maryland's undefeated. They lost to Purdue in a 13 to 9 game. And this last week, I think that's Charlotte. I have, hold on. Yes. I had to look it up because I couldn't tell what logo I was looking at. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, they, they, they beat Charlotte. That's one of their two wins. They are two and four. They beat Charlotte. Yeah. That's not nice. They should yeah, go to the She's nice. That. The Charlotte sure. 49ers. Because when I think of the 49ers, I think of the gold rush that came from Charlotte. No. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a bad team, this Illinois team. And the Badgers mm-hmm. are going to beat them. The Badgers aren't going to have that particularly interesting season, but 
they're going to beat Illinois this week, and then they're going to beat Army next week, and then they'll be three and three, and then they'll lose their next two because um, <laughs> because the next two are well, they might beat Purdue. I'll say that they might be Purdue at Purdue. That one's going to be kind of a toss up. We'll have to see where we are at that point. But they're going to lose to Iowa because that Iowa team no. is incredible. And Iowa might I, Iowa might make the playoffs, man. They're, this uh, is true. That team is really good. Badgers are not beating Iowa, but then they're going to play Rutgers. And then, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. After all the years of of waving to the kids in the children's hospital, karma's going to catch up. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm talking about, right? At Kinnick, Kinnick, uh, Kinnick Stadium, Kinnick Stadium at the beginning of each game. Yeah, no, I know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like that's the good karma from doing that is going to catch up, and they're going to have a good season at some point, and that's this year. And good on them. If the Badgers going to suck, go Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any problems with Iowa. I don't want to see them get no. the Heartland Trophy, but. I don't see the Badgers beating Iowa this year. That team is great, and the Badgers are not good. But they're going to be good enough that they can beat Army and Illinois. They'll beat Rutgers, and they'll beat Nebraska, and they'll, they'll beat Minnesota because Minnesota Nebraska just— Nebraska ball. Yeah. So, I mean, think about this, though. With the one win, they'll beat Illinois and Army. They'll make them 3-3. Three and three. If they beat, then, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, who they should beat all three of those teams, too. That's six wins that gets you to a bowl game. And then you say Northwestern— and Purdue are who knows kind of games. You could get an eight and five team out of this, uh, eight and four team out of this. I mean, even with How? some of these losses, it's like yeah, you're not beating Iowa, but the Badgers can still beat the remaining teams on this this calendar here. How how malaria is Minnesota, by the way? Oh, there's a- after giving Ohio State a, a pretty good run in week one, and then falling down the stretch, and then a couple okay wins, and then. A, a good win, and then losing to Bowling Green, who they were thirty-one point favorites. Well, like be, if you would have bet, if you would have bet the money line at a hundred bucks, you would have made a couple thousand dollars on right. that game. Yeah, losing and to Bowling Purdue Green, too, and then this so. week they beat who they beat somebody this week, and it's like, so what? Minnesota team's going to show? It's about as bi the team's about as bipolar as their coaches. Yeah, I mean, that that team is very good. I mean, they beat Miami. Then Colorado, and I guess they beat Purdue. So I don't think Purdue's that good right now. I'm worried about them, but yeah. All right. So anyhow, though, I, I still think Badgers beat uh, beat uh, Illinois this week, and that'll be see where we go after that. All right. Okay. That's you want to go to the, that's you all we've to the got. game? I don't know that it, what it looks like on my thing this week. We'll talk about it off air. But uh, okay. thank you everybody for joining us for another week. Um, we'll also have a uh, podcast right here. You'll probably see it at the same time. We're going to talk about uh, Brewers. We're going to maybe talk about the uh, the Bucks and everything like that, and then get into get into some other stuff. That uh, looking forward to a little more volleyball this week. Badgers continuing to look good, but uh, make sure you get to that. Make sure you download, listen, subscribe, rate, and review us. Um, remember, you can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.